We are starting a brand new series today called As For Me and This House. As For Me and This House. I wanna kinda show you a little bit of a snapshot of this fall and kind of where we've been and show you a little bit behind the scenes some of the intentionality that we've had this fall on the journey we've been with Sermon Series. In August, we had a sermon series called Mighty to Save that went a little bit into September. Mighty to Save is um, what we're calling others focused. It was an evangelism series uh, centered on the gospel, how to communicate our faith, how do we live like this out there and reach people with the gospel? So it's more others focused. Then we just finished last week the seven dimensions of discipleship, which is more me focused. How do I become a disciple of Jesus Christ and, and truly live the life that God wants me to live? So we were others focused in August, September and October, more me focused, how do I grow? And then this sermon series, as for me and this house, is going to be more us focused as a church. So it's how can we reach others? How can I become the one God has called me to be? And who are we supposed to be corporately? And what are we doing? And what will we do in the future as a church? So today is gonna be a little bit different. Uh, we've done what we're gonna do today for the last few years. Uh, we are beginning our Heart for the House series, which we're calling, as for me and this house, our Heart for the House offering that we do every year. It's a miracle offering. A day of giving is December 3rd. It's the first Sunday of December every year. And we take a miracle offering, and it's a heart for the house offering, and we anchor it to uh, projects that we'll unveil over the next few weeks. This sermon series is not a series to take off. It is not a giving series. It's a vision series. And then the first week of December will be the Sunday I'll preach still, but then we'll, we'll take that miracle heart for the house offering. Um, but today, I, I want us to really center in on the idea of what we are building as a church as for me and this house. Uh, Joshua 24, 15 is a pretty famous verse. It says this, Joshua was saying this to the Israelites, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They, the Israelites had just entered into the promised land and they had kind of gathered some different worship practices over the years of wandering through the wilderness and, and different idols that they had worshiped and Joshua was wanting that to come to an end. He was saying, it's time to serve God. And he said, I, I, don't, I know what they're doing, but I don't care what they do. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And I, I really feel strongly that today we might be in a, in a similar situation because every era, every generation, there's a new they out there that are trying to bring their gods along with us, the gods in society of sexuality and different alter, um, different versions of truth and all these different things. And I think it's a time today for us to say what Joshua said corporately as a church, as for me and this house, we will stand on the truth and we will serve the Lord. We want the foundation of our church to be strong. Our church is 92 years old. This is a church, a generational church. This is a church that has been built on generation, on generation, on generation, and we, we believe we have a strong foundation poised to build for the future for the sake of new generations. But this series, our Heart for the House series, is about developing a heart for the church we call home. Jesus, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, said this. I'm gonna read three different versions of Matthew 6.21. In the message, 
um, translation, it says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be. Matthew 6, 21 in the Amplified says, for where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will also be. And then in the NIV, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is emphasizing is that where someone puts their interests, their resources, and their energy, that's what truly reveals our priorities. And yes, treasure is giving a part of that, sure. But I'm talking about what we treasure. Because the idiom of heart, that word heart is an idiom in scripture. And what it means is the center of oneself, the whole self. And what Jesus is saying is where you put your time, your resources, your energy, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is too. And I believe we are in a generation right now and we are in an era where people need to start moving the church of Jesus Christ to the center and start treasuring it a little bit more to where our kids know it's a treasure, our kids know it's a priority. And I thank God we have a church like that. We have a church that people are prioritizing the house of God. I think we can give more than a golf clap. I'm excited about that. And when we have a heart for the house of God, when we have a heart for the house of God, we are building on a strong foundation that blesses and changes lives for our descendants. Everything we do as a church, for sure, yeah, some of it's for us, some of it's for, for me and for you, but in my mind, the vast majority of everything we are doing and building is for our children. Because the world they're going to grow up in and go to college in, the world that they will be married in, the world that they will raise kids in, is gonna be a very different world than what we are even experiencing now. And we have to prioritize the strong foundation in the house of God. Paul. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament was writing Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter three. And in starting verse 14, he said, I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how, how people must conduct themselves. And then he calls the church the house of God. And he says this important line, this is the church of the living God, which is a pillar and foundation of the truth. The church of the living God is a pillar and foundation of the truth. The truth comes from the word of God, but the church is the protector, the church is the steward of the truth of the word of God. The church is the microphone, and when I say church, I don't mean me, I mean us. We are the stewards of truth. We are the ones building foundations for future generations, and what's sad is every statistic you look at, it doesn't take longer than 30 seconds on Google to start asking questions about the future of the church and the future of faith and what you'll find, especially in the United States, is this. Almost every statistic shows a sharp decline in attendance, church attendance, faith, and religion. Almost every statistic. And depending on who's doing them, you might end your little Google session thinking, well, the church is about to go extinct or something because this is bad, but I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is it is bad out there. The good news is the church cannot go extinct because we aren't the ones building it. Jesus said, on this rock foundation, I will build my church. The church has outlasted a lot worse 
than what we're going through now, and the church will stand, and we have the privilege and honor of partnering with God to build his church among all people everywhere. In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus is talking about, he's, it's this little parable that's tucked into the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about the importance of a foundation. It's kind of an interesting study because in all four of the Gospels, almost every time Jesus taught, whether he said foundation or rock or not, he is teaching about the importance of a transcendent foundation that will outlast the times, outlast the ups and the downs of life. And he said this starting in verse 24, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. Jesus is giving us this, this picture because he also talks about this other man in the story who built his house on shifting sand and when the rain came and the winds blew against that house, it fell. And Jesus was saying there's one house that we can build that will outlast everything. It's the house of God. It's our own houses and homes in our own lives that is founded, once again, on the truth of Jesus Christ and what he's called us to do. All through the Bible, Old and New Testament, there's this word house. In the Old Testament, like we just read in Joshua, the New Testament, Matthew chapter seven, like this parable, 1 Timothy chapter three, like I read when Paul was writing to Timothy. But what does this word house actually mean? In the Old Testament in Hebrew, the, the word house comes from this word ba-yith, and the Greek version of this word is oikos, or if you like the yogurt, you can say oikos. But oikos, or house, or ba-yith, and there's three major definitions when you look in the original language that alternate with this word throughout scripture, and oftentimes all three of them apply every time this word is used. So what are the definitions of house? What are we building? The first definition of house is the simple physical structure of the house, more of the inner workings or institution of the house, the business of the house. The second definition is the people or family of the household. So when it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as for me and the institution of the house, the building of the house, but also my family in the house, and then thirdly, future descendants of the household. I love this third one because when we use this or see this in scripture, when Jesus is saying, build your house on the rock, he's talking about for the sake of future descendants. For, for the sake of the inner workings of your home now, for, for the sake of even the, the business side of life, for the sake of the people in your home, build your house on the rock. And we as a church in the house of God are doing the same. So these three definitions, you can also say it like this. The definitions of house are the place, the people, and the future. The place, the people, and the future. So the next few minutes, I wanna use these three biblical definitions of house to celebrate all that God has done in our church, in both campuses here in Maui. So for the last few years, I've kind of given a little bit of a state of the church address. The good news is this isn't politics, so it's not this half of the room hates me and this half of the room loves it. We're all gonna cheer as we celebrate all that God has done. Are we cool with that? It's a little bit different week, 
but I think it's important for us to know what we're a part of and to be able to celebrate it. But before we celebrate anything, I wanna make this very clear. That when we start celebrating, when we're clapping some of these statistics I'm gonna go through, we have to know one thing. You're not clapping for me. You're not clapping for our staff. You're not even clapping for the people next to you. Our claps and our cheers are giving honor to God because he builds the house. We honor God because he builds the house. Psalm 127.1 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. The Lord is building his house. So I wanna look at this first definition. Let's look at the place, the physical place, the inner workings, the institution. What's happening here? Guys, this is mind-blowing. As I'm preparing for this message, coming into early last week, last Sunday as a church was a record-setting Sunday with attendance and giving on a normal Sunday. On a regular normal Sunday, we have a record. This is crazy. Last Sunday was a 23% increase in attendance from that specific Sunday the year before. And on a normal week, on a normal week with giving, our giving was an 80.8% increase compared to this same week last year. As I'm preparing for this message, we're like, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. My kind of cool. This is unbelievable what God is doing. Let's look at our finances. Last year, I told you from 2019 to the end of 2024, or 22, sorry, we had seen a 41% increase in overall tithes and offering giving. Now, from 2019 to end of year 2023, we will see a 68.4% increase in overall giving. Now, I have a couple pastor friends that would probably advise me in saying, as you're pointing toward a miracle offering in a few weeks, I probably wouldn't say how great the finances are. But I wanna tell you something. We're not celebrating what the church is doing financially. We're celebrating what God is doing, what the generosity of the people in the church are doing, and I believe that it is far greater to give to something strong with great soil that you know will produce fruit, and I'm telling you today, we give to something strong. We're operating in strength alongside God and his many blessings. Do you guys believe that today? So here's a few things that we've accomplished so far as a place this last year. We began construction on our Citizen North campus, and it is moving right now. The whole kids' area has been framed and sheetrocked. The auditorium has been framed. They've now built the second story of our new foyer. They're framing the outside of the building. Um, it is moving, and I am so unbelievably excited to have the grand opening this spring of our North campus. Are you guys excited for that? I'll be talking a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but also with North Campus, we had an interest meeting about a month and a half ago of people that were saying, the interest meeting for people that are praying about being a part of the launch team at the new North Campus, and over 200 people came to the interest meeting about being part of our launch team, and so that means with 200 people going, we gotta start dreaming of a new campus. No? Okay, so... So a few things we've done so far this year. We've given $24,000 uh, to Pruitt Assembly of God with, with our friend who's in our co-church network, uh, Pastor Seth Fincher. It's an amazing church on one of the reservations, and actually this week, I'll be going and celebrating and being a part of their dedication service of their new auditorium that we helped build out um, in a time of need. Pretty cool, right? Also, 
This last year, we became an ecclesiastical endorsing body, which means now we can ordain our own ministers and we're creating a pathway for those who feel called uh, to become an ordained minister of the gospel. And I think that's very cool. We have our, we had our first ordained minister that we sent out as a prison missionary in Miami, Florida. Pretty cool. Also around the building, we've had classroom tech upgrades. You may or may not have noticed those, but we needed them. We have begun restroom remodels. Can we say thank you, Jesus, for that? Um, we are also have doubled our, our paid staff as a church over the last two years, and we have completed much-needed office, office expansion in the building. Also this last year, um, it's one thing for our teenagers in Albuquerque to raise money to go to youth camp in Riodoso. It's a whole other beast for our teenagers at our Maui campus to raise money to go to youth camp in Riodoso. So we helped offset the youth camp costs for our teenagers to come, and many of them got baptized on that Sunday morning here in this auditorium amazing. And then also this year, guys, this is my favorite one on this list. We have given $180,000 to other churches and investing other churches and pastors outside of Citizen Church. I think that's pretty awesome too. Of course, I love our church, but guess what I love more? The church. Other churches are not the enemy. They are our best friends because we need the church of Jesus Christ as strong as it possibly can be. Moving into local advancement, which is our local outreach. In 2023, um, we have met so far 72 resource requests helping families who are connected with CYFD. We are committed to full wraparound care of the foster care system and parents who are struggling, uh, children and teenagers who are struggling. We are committed to helping in every possible way because we are committed to the physical and spiritual renewal of cities and nations. Do you guys believe that? We also, a few years ago, started what we call student growth centers in public schools. We've talked about these before. But in the public school system, there's a giant need for resourcing and helping students and, and offering tutorship. And is tutorship a word? It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Tutoring to, to students and, and different things. And so we've offered to help. And the schools have opened the doors. They've identified, identified spaces in their school that we have come in with our own finances, remodeled those spaces, furnished those spaces, and also providing volunteers for those spaces to invest into students and to help increase the graduation rates in our middle school and high schools here in Albuquerque. Here's a few quotes from those principals. San Juan Mendoza from Van Buren Middle School said, you are truly a blessing to our students, our staff, and our community. Thank you so much for all you do. Principal V. Hill uh, from, from Monzano High, Rachel V. Hill from Monzano High School said, I can't tell you how eternally grateful we are for your support and for everything you have done for our school. We are stronger because of your contributions, and we want to let you know how grateful and appreciative we are for the partnership we share. Um, we also have a video from the principal at Kennedy Middle School that she wanted to say thank you to you guys. All right. Hi, Citizen Church. This is Principal Laura Chiang at Kennedy Middle School. Um, we just want to take the time, and I mean we because it is the whole school, to thank you for your investment in our school. Um, we call our space the Student Growth Center. It's used every day. Um, we have a before-school program with our partnership with Boys and Girls Club, so students have a place to be before school where they're supervised, doing fun activities, a safe space, which especially now that the weather's getting um, a bit colder, it's very important to have that available to our students 
students as early as seven in the morning. We're not in the growth center right now because it's being used. Um, it's during the school day, but it's being used by um, one of the counselors in the district for the parent involvement program. Um, we're piloting something at our school where this program that's usually held at the central offices is being held at our school site. This is the first time we're piloting and it's because we have an amazing space like the growth center that we're able to do something like that. Um, so we really wanna thank you for your investment and all sorts of investments, time, valuing us, your energy, um, all these resources so that we can make this happen for our school. And we wanna use this space even more and do even more with it. So stay tuned. Pretty awesome. With Global Advancement, which is our global missions department, since 2019, we've given $432,669 um, to missionaries and missionary endeavors outside of the U.S. in these different countries. And we believe uh, part of those things, we're building a medical uh, center in Kenya. We've built a church and, and um, an orphanage. We built so many different air things, and we're combating um, sex trafficking in Thailand. We are invested here, but the Great Commission also calls us to go there. And so as we build here, we will also build there and invest into the kingdom of God around the world. Also, our Maui campus, through all of everything going on this fall, through the fires and so many people displaced, the most amazing thing has happened. The, the church through the pandemic and through the Maui fires has become a true beacon of light and hope on the island. And through all of this, the church has grown and we have just begun an expansion project on our Maui campus because we're desperately needing more space for kids ministry and all the ministries through the week. It's amazing that during these kinds of times, the church can step in and be the church and growth can happen in all areas. People are getting saved and baptized. The youth ministry is growing. The alpha is growing at the church. The kids ministry is growing. It's amazing. And speaking of Maui, the Maui fire relief that many of us uh, gave into financially this fall, so far um, in the built, for the building, we have sheltered 250 people in our building. Um, fed at, at Citizen Maui, 30,000 hot meals in the first three weeks coming out of the fires when the fires first happened. We also, our building, we used for the, a lot of weeks this fall, the, the public school system used our building to house the elementary students who lost their school in the fire. 300 elementary students used our buildings this fall, and 300 plus individuals to date have received aid with rent, housing support, transportation, medical needs, and supplies from your generosity into the Maui Relief Fund. Pretty cool? We are planning for the future. We know this is gonna be a long rebuild there and, and we are, are being great stewards of, of everything that was given in that offering. So thank you guys for your generosity. Also, um, two years, no, three years ago in our Heart for the House series, one of our anchor project that year, we were launching a brand new church out of our church and we were launching in Washington, D.C., my brother at that time, our longtime youth and young adult pastors, my brother and his wife Delaney um, were our youth and young adult pastors and they felt God, like God called them to plant a church there. So we decided to partner and to send them out with full backing. And over the course of the last few years, they launched in September of 2021 officially. And since then, God has been doing some amazing things in Union City Church in Washington, D.C. Uh, through the end of 2022, we gave $450,000 as an investment into this church, believing that Washington, D.C. can shift and change if revival broke out in a church. What's amazing is in 2022, and these numbers are, are unheard of in church plants. In 2022, the average attendance, in the very, I mean, coming into the very first year was 350 people. 
So far in 2023, the average has been 450, and this last Sunday was a record attendance of 475 people attending Union City Church. They outgrew their first building, they moved to a, another building, they're outgrowing that building, now they're looking for another building, and let me tell you guys something, you cannot put a dollar amount on investing into churches that are thriving and alive where people are getting saved and baptized, especially in Washington, D.C. Are you guys excited about that? The church is now also fully self-sustainable. I'm on the board of the church, and we had a board meeting this last week, and everything is so healthy and looking amazing going into 2024. Two years ago in our Heart for the House series, we kicked off one of our projects was to start a brand new church network. What we were finding is many pastors and churches were coming to us, and they were asking for help with resourcing and coaching and different things, and so we said, why don't we make this official and start a network of those things, resourcing, coaching, relationally, and investing into other churches because we have a huge heart for the local church. In 2022, we had, um, in 2022, we had 39 total churches as a part of the network, and in 2023, we have 55 churches that are a part, and individual memberships in the network now has reached 140 memberships in our co-church network. Just this year, we've added 17 churches because of your investment. This is not a cheap investment. This is a large financial investment, but we feel like God has said, go beyond the walls of your church and invest in my church. What God is saying, and I thank you for your generosity. It is changing the lives of pastors and churches all over the city, all over the state, and all over the country. Give yourselves a big round of applause on that. Pretty cool. <laughs> Lastly, in this section, Citizen Coffee. Um, I didn't have this one on. It was the first time this has jumped onto the, the celebration list. Um, usually this was just kind of a years past, like, well, we kind of know ahead of time we'll, we're gonna try to break even on it and just be a blessing to people. But we started a missions endeavor attached to Citizen Coffee and everything started exploding. Since the, um, the, the last year, there's, there was a 21% increase in sales over last year, 2022, a 44% increase in sales since 2019. And by the end of this year, because of sales and where they are, we will have given $10,000 to missions just from the coffee shop in our atrium. I think that's pretty amazing, right? You guys must love your coffee. Man, just blessing missionaries all over the world. So we have the place part of the house. Now we have the people part of the house. Is this interesting to you guys? Are you guys with me today? The people. Let's look at this. Some of my favorite parts are right here. Salvations. Since the end of 2019, when we started recording um, numbers the way we do now, since the end of 2019 to present, there have been 4,660 people who have received Christ for the very first time in our church. Pretty amazing, right? Just this year, so far, year to date, 1,244 people have received Christ as their savior in our church. Water baptisms in our, in our services right here, there's been 206 people who have been baptized so far in our services. Also, when it comes to new people, for the very first time, this is a big deal because there are new people coming to church that have actually filled out cards. Think this, think this through, not just people coming that took the time to fill out a card. Since the end of 2019 to present, there have been 7,132 people that have filled out new here cards. Just this year, year to date, just this year, there have been 2,347 people that have filled out these cards. 
You're clapping a lot. Are your hands tingling? It's all right. We have tingling hands today. It's just too exciting. Um, so open house attendance. Since the end of 2019 to present, this is our next step process of people getting involved in the church. There have been 1,900 people that have gone through our open houses, and just this year so far, 552 people have attended our open house. This alpha is one of my favorite statistics. We set a 10,000-person goal um, a few weeks ago for the next 10 years. Just this fall, 475 people attended our alpha course this fall between here and Maui. I think that's pretty amazing. Total attendance since 2019, 2,650 people. And on top of that, small groups are beyond just alpha, for sure. This last semester was the largest small group semester we've had also in the history of our church. People are getting connected in the small as well as attending the large, and that is so unbelievably important. The third part of the house, so we have the place, we have the people, but we also have the future. Like I mentioned earlier, we're building a strong foundation, not just for our sake, but for the sake of the future. Future generations and our kids. Citizen kids statistics. Families that have dedicated children in 2023 so far is 105 families have dedicated children to the Lord standing on this stage. Our kids, which means our nursery, preschool, elementary attendance average in 2023 is 429 kids per Sunday average attendance. That's pretty crazy, right? It's a 33.4% increase from 2022. First-time check-ins in our check-in system in 2022, first-time check-ins was three, uh, was, sorry, was 450 kids. This year, 2023 to date, 885 first-time check-ins in kids. What does this mean? Parents are prioritizing the house of God their kids know it, now their kids are prioritizing the house of God. Citizen youth, average attendance this year for citizen youth, which is our middle school and high school, is 270 average attendance on a Tuesday night. Salvation so far this year is 216 um, teenagers gave their lives to Christ. That's pretty amazing. First time check-ins in youth ministry, these numbers are important. In 2022, there were 30, 347 first time check-ins. So far in 2023, there have been 639 first-time check-ins in our, in our youth ministry. Also, this is very, very, very cool statistic when it comes to Alpha. This last week, um, we met with the leadership of Hope Christian School. We love Hope Christian. Amazing headmaster, amazing staff and faculty. Um, a few of their faculty and staff have gone through our Alpha course here that we offer at the church, and were so intrigued by it and believed in it so much. They came to our leadership and asked what it would look like to have Alpha in the school as a part of a required um, chapel program for their high school students. I met with the teachers this last week, met with uh, the principal, and we cast the vision, and they signed on and said yes. As of January 2024, uh, we're starting with freshmen. The freshman chapel experience starting in January will be a required process to go through the Alpha courses, and our own youth volunteers will be the ones leading the Alpha groups at Hope Christian. How cool is that? And as far as we can tell or know, what we know for sure, Alpha is a global ministry, but this is the very first time uh, as we, that we know of that Alpha is in a school as a part of the required process of learning. Pretty amazing. When it comes to citizen young adults, our, our college and young adult ministry meets once a month on Wednesday night. The average attendance so far this year has been 238 college students and young adults. 
That may seem high or whatever to you, but let me tell you this, the average size of a college young adults ministry in a church in America is 2.3. 2.3 people, I don't know what .3 person looks like, but <laughs> 2.3 college students and young adults. For there to be 238 college students and young adults prioritizing this on Wednesday nights, coming and worshiping, hearing the word of God. Our young adult ministry is pointing these young adults back to Sundays and into the small group system of our church. It's amazing. And so far this year, there have been 113 first-time college students and young adults to our ministry. I share these things with you today, looking at the house, saying the house is strong. We're building a strong foundation. I'm excited for the house of God. I'm excited that we're growing. I'm excited that things are going forward and not backward. But sometimes when you dream and look into the future, it's scary. You look into 2024 and no matter what happens, it will be the biggest year in the history of our church. We're opening a brand new campus. We're opening a coffee shop at that campus. We're opening up something else, which I'll share in a second, which is the anchor project for this series and for our Heart for the House offering. This is going to be a very big year, and what it's gonna require is a strong foundation. A strong foundation as a church, but also prioritizing a strong foundation for ourselves and for the next generation. And a strong foundation, what that looks like is simply this, a strong biblical worldview. What we talked about last week, prioritizing the Bible, the word of God, our children need a strong foundation through the word of God. I want, in closing today, I wanna to rattle off a few statistics. And these statistics come from two different places. Notre Dame Sociology did a poll in 2019, and then also from the Barna Group um, from 2023, just that came out about a month and a half ago. They looked at the United States in light of a biblical worldview and then asked questions about what people believed. But I think it's important before we go into the results to know how they define biblical worldview when they asked people this question. So this is how Barna, the Barna Group defined worldview when they were asking people questions. They would say, do you believe Jesus Christ lived a sinless life? Do you believe that God is an all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe and still rules today? That salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. That Satan is real. A Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people and that the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. So this is like baseline baseline biblical worldview. We haven't even gotten into like the controversial stuff with sexuality and all these different, this is fundamental stuff, okay? Listen to these next couple of statistics based on that being the worldview that they use for this poll. Only 4% of adults in the United States have that as a worldview, a biblical worldview. And this next one's even scarier, guys. Only 9% of born-again Christians in the U.S. have that as a biblical worldview, 9%, how is this even possible? I think because the foundation has cracked. I think a lot of people in the US are building what they think is the house, but it might be on shifting sand. But here's what's so amazing though, when we prioritize that foundation of the word of God, the biblical worldview. Listen to these statistics based on that. What they found is people who did believe those things were 30 times, 31 times less likely to accept non-marital cohabitation, living together outside of marriage. They were 18 times less likely to endorse drunkenness, 12 times less likely to accept profanity, 
11 times less likely to describe adultery as morally acceptable. When you look in these statistics, it's, it's scary because 47% of adults in the United States now view adultery as morally acceptable. It's crazy. 85 times, they were 85 times less likely to view pornography consumption as morally acceptable. Right now in the United States, more than 50% of adults in the United States view pornography, hardcore pornography, as morally acceptable. But if, with a biblical worldview, you're 85 times less likely. With a biblical worldview, you're 110 times less likely to endorse abortion because the Bible is so abundantly clear on it. So with a biblical worldview, you see the world through the lens of the word of God, and that's just with these six bullet points. It's amazing to see what happens when we prioritize that foundation, especially for the next generation. You wanna know why? Because 70% of Christian students leave the faith after graduating high school. 70% when they leave the home, a Christian home, when they leave to go to college, 70% walk away from the faith. How can we play our part? I'm not saying these statistics to scare you. I'm saying them today so we can kind of snap out of something if we're in it, wake up and go, this is important. I don't want my teenager to walk away from God when they graduate. I don't want our children, I don't want our children to grow up with a foundation of shifting sand. I want it to be strong on the foundation of the word of God, the truth of Jesus Christ. We need to prioritize it. And what I've been saying in this last series is even beyond church on Sunday morning. Our kids are getting great biblical truth in there right now. But it's gotta go beyond Sunday morning into our homes. And we believe that we can also play a part and go beyond Sunday morning and the home into a school. As a part of our endeavor in 2024, along with opening our new North Campus this spring, I am thrilled to announce that we are officially opening a preschool at our North Campus in August of 2024 called Foundations Preschool. Pretty awesome, right? I threw this out two years ago in a Heart for the House series. I said, hey, one day we might even do a preschool. I had a line of people in the atrium like, when are you gonna do it? And I was like, I was just brainstorming out loud. <laughs> but seeing how you prioritized it and started investigating and seeing the need, there are waiting lists for preschools all over the city. And we're committed to trying to get the cost as low as we can get them to make it affordable. A little over 100 students can be housed in this, but not only are we announcing today that we're launching this, we'll be opening the preschool in August of 2024, but also I want to introduce to you our brand new, just newly hired preschool director of Foundations Preschool, Liz Kowalski. If you would help me welcome her to the stage. We knew, we knew going into this that who the person was that was gonna be directing this preschool was paramount. And you have served in our ministries for years. I believe you said eight years. Yes. That's eight a long years. time yes. on our worship. So she might be a new face to you, but she's also been on our stage a lot. Um, but also on top of that, um, you've had a career as a teacher. Tell us a little bit about your career, maybe why, this is a big move to say yes to something like this. What is your why to step out of that career and to step into this role? Yes, so um, I've been teaching in APS for six years. I've taught second grade the whole time. Um, and one of my favorite things that I see is um, when I'm teaching or they're doing independent work, the conversations that the kids have 
about Jesus. So, of course, I can't, like, step in, you know, in public school. That's not really something you can do. Um, but I let the conversations continue, and I start to think, like, these kids, their boldness came from somewhere to talk about Jesus. Um, and to think with us starting a preschool to have a little over 100 students that would be learning, um, starting off their foundation in their faith, um, that then we're building them up, building their faith up so that they can go and be those bold students in elementary school, uh, middle school, high school, so that it sticks with them their whole educational career. Um, so I think that that is something I was like, mm -hmm. I, I'd love to be a part of that. I mean, I, I think that that's something very necessary in public school is to support those kids with that boldness and their faith. It is. It's so important. And what's amazing is knowing how much you prioritize this as a ministry and not a job. That's so important to us because this can't be a job for someone. It has to be a calling. And it was so evident with you the whole time through this process. And, and Liz, we say thank you because it's a faith step for you to step out of a career. Yeah, let's give her a hand. But thank you. Liz, I... There's a couple big questions that are gonna come from this. Yes. So we're throwing out preschool in August and people are like, where do you sign up? You know, tell, tell us a little bit about what to expect, maybe two paths here. Um, if people are interested in maybe applying for the teacher jobs at this, but also registering their kids for this, what are a little bit of those timelines we're looking at? So the beginning of this next year, we'll be looking for hiring teachers um, to help with the preschool. And then in about spring, is the goal that we will start enrollment and registration of the preschoolers. So that'll all be forthcoming, and of course more details to come yep. as the building is being built. <laughs> we will over-publicize when all those things are happening. We'll send out emails, um, we will talk about it from the stage, but again, this is a huge priority for us. We are excited about it, and this is the anchor project for our Heart for the House offering in 2023. Can you guys give Liz one more big round of applause? Thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you. We're so excited. Before I pray today over you and over today and the next week, um, we'll be preaching and, and unveiling at the end of each of, the, uh, each of these sermons over the next few weeks, other projects. One of these projects, you don't wanna miss any of these weeks. I'm gonna sneak peek. One of these projects is we're launching another church in a state, another state. And I cannot wait to tell you where this is because many of you ask me about this specific city, this specific state, and we're going. And so don't miss the next few weeks. It's gonna be very exciting. But guys, the preschool is our anchor project. We have set lofty goals. We have prayed about this as a staff. We've prayed about this as a board of elders. We are in agreement that this is what God has called us to do for 2024. But with that comes a stretch goal that we've never had before in our Heart for the House offering. I've been, we've been praying. I'm, we're beginning a fast today as a staff and leadership team through the Heart for the House offering. And we're believing that God can multiply sacrifice because he does. Last year we set a goal of $500,000 and that seemed gigantic. And what came in was almost $700,000 last year. If you guys haven't noticed this, hopefully you notice now, we're opening up a brand new campus, a church, and we have not had a capital campaign. We have asked no one for long-term financial investment. We were able to fit the entire new campus within our budgets. And then all we needed was last year because of rising building costs, it was the anchor project for the Heart for the House offering. I want you to think about how amazing that is. But with that also comes the need this year for a new miracle in this miracle offering. The startup costs, 
for the, for the preschool to ensure the best possible rates we can get, affordable rates so families can do this, all the legal side of the preschool, we need a miracle in this Heart for the House offering. If you know people that don't even go to our church but they believe in Christian education, tell them about our project. We need a miracle Heart for the House offering. And our stretch goal this year, are you ready for it? Our stretch goal this year for the first time ever is going to be $1 million. We're believing, yeah, one person believes that can happen. Here's what I know, here's what I know. God multiplies sacrifice. A few weeks ago in our giving series, I talked about the importance of the tithe, 10%, right? This isn't that, this is generosity above and beyond the tithe. I can't tell you that amount that you need to give. Generosity is between you and God. But here's what I do know. If every person in our church gave at any kind of level of just sacrifice, we'll go beyond the goal because God multiplies sacrifice. I'm gonna tell you the prayer I'm gonna be praying for my wife and I. Here's the prayer we're gonna be praying. God, give us a number that stings, but doesn't debilitate. I want it to sting because I want it to be sacrifice, but let me be wise in that amount. And I believe when we hit that in our heart, God will multiply it, and we'll be able to open up the preschool, launch the new church, and several other endeavors that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks. Do you guys believe that today? Are you excited? Yeah. I'm gonna pray over you and pray over our series and, and someone will come up to close. Father, we thank you so much for today. God, I pray that you bless everything we talk about over the next few weeks. Such exciting times in the life of our church. We give all 100% glory to you. You are a good God. We receive your blessings with humility today. And we thank you for allowing us to partner with you as we are committed to advancing your kingdom for generations to come. God, we pray that you bless this preschool, bless the sacrifice of so many over the next few weeks as we pray about what to give. God, we thank you, we praise you, and in your name we pray, amen.